0: Amen. So, Father God, we pray this morning as we open your Word. We look at your Word. You are the Word, and there is power in your Word. And God, we pray that your word will ignite our hearts. Your word will create a passion within us. Your word will rekindle that hunger within us. Your word will convict us. Your word will transform us. We pray for that word to minister to us. So God, we this morning open our ears, our hearts to hear your word speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So we're talking about the gospel. We're talking about what gospel is and the gospel of Jesus Christ not only has set you free, not only has washed you from sin and set you free, but the gospel of Christ is what made, by accepting Christ, is what made a pathway for us to step into our purposes in Christ. Amen. Amen. Each one of you has a purpose, a divine calling, a divine purpose, and a divine reason why God has kept your life. Each one of you, doesn't matter what age you are, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter what your qualification is, how much you are, none of those things matter, but you matter to God. And so we started beginning of this year with the title called, You Are Qualified. Why do you think you are qualified? Not because you are educated in the word of God, because if education is what qualifies us in the word of God, then the devil is far more well educated than you and I are. It's not just the education of the word of God, but it's the application of the word of God what qualifies us. And that application is bowing our knee before Jesus, giving up our own self-righteousness, self-indulgence and saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. Amen. And so what qualified us is the blood of Jesus Christ. What qualified us is what happened on the cross. And so I want you to be encouraged. You are qualified By God to fulfill the purposes and the plan that he has for you. And that's why the word of God declares that he who began a good work in you, who is Jesus Christ. He started the work. He is faithful to complete it. But you and I are to be obedient to that work. Amen. God didn't create robots. He created people. That means we obey Christ and willingly we serve God. So we are qualified. And so um, this whole uh, year, our theme for 2023 is run with the gospel. What does that mean? That we don't just become eating, 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 but we actually run with the gospel. That means go share the word of God. You are the light of the world. Turn to your neighbor and say that you are the light of the world. I know if you're married or if you're dating, you say, oh, you are my light. You are the light of my world. No, no, don't say light of my world. You are the light of the world. And you are the salt of the earth. Amen. It's not just the elect and the select. You and I, whoever believed in Jesus Christ, you might be 14, 17 or 75. You are the light of this world. Amen. And Jesus wants us to run with the gospel. That means go and express what we believe in, who we are in our community and in our world. Last week we touched on Habakkuk chapter two, and Habakkuk is in uh, God was talking to Habakkuk when he uh, positioned himself to hear from God, and um, and and, and, it says write the vision down, make it plain so that they can run with it, and so that's where it comes from: run with the gospel. So we're basing a seven-week series uh, starting today or from the uh, book or letter or the episode that Paul wrote to Timothy, and we're focusing on 2 Timothy. So we're starting seven weeks from today onwards, all right? So uh, the first one today is feed the flame of God's gift. Feed the flame of God's gift. So we're going to look at Second Timothy. Um, there are uh, four chapters, and we're going to go verse by verse and just look at it and work our way through uh, the second, uh, the letter Second Timothy. Amen. So feed the flame of God's gift in you. So before we get into that, last week I talked about uh, in Proverbs chapter twenty-nine and verse eighteen. It says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish." We gotta have a vision. Amen. Growth is not accident. Growth doesn't happen accidentally. You don't, you just can't marry it by sitting on the couch and go, one day I'll meet a girl, one day I'll get married and not do anything about it. Yeah. It's good to good ideas are not a vision. They're just good ideas. Vision is very strategic. Amen. For 17 years to be married, you had to work at it. It didn't happen accidentally because God favored you. Yes, God favored you, but you needed to be faithful to one another. It's a covenant. Growth doesn't happen instantaneously, accidentally. Those guys that got married on Friday, they just their life just started. When I pronounced them Mr. and Mrs. De Silva, the joy on their face was beautiful. It's like, oh, it's over. Michelle said, finally, it's over. I'm like, no, honey, it just started. Now you've got to do the dishes and the washing and all that vacuum. There's a lot that started right now. Welcome to marriage. You have to be intentional to be a husband. You have to be intentional as a wife. You've got to have a vision. Without vision, your marriage will perish. Without vision, your business will perish. Without vision, your life will perish. So capture the vision of God in your life. You are born for a reason for such a time as this. God placed you here for such a time as this. You are breathing because His favor is on you. He is using you because He's anointed you. You are speaking because He's washed your mouth with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So use that for God's glory. Amen. Amen. That's a good laugh. So write the vision down. A lot of us capture the vision. You might don't roll into it. You know, have a vision. Write it down. And then, I, last week, I talked about three things when you write a vision down. Is define the vision. Number one was define the vision. What's your vision? What's my vision for my life? What's my vision for us as a family, a marriage? What's our vision for our three children? Write your vision. Define your vision. Make it clear, and then declare your vision. Declare your vision. Declare it. Silvana, you were born for a purpose. Declare it. Declare it on yourself. Apparently, I'm middle-aged. I just realized. I don't really think like that. I don't care. But I'm declaring God's future. I'm declaring God's purposes. I'm declaring God's plans over my life. And no devil in hell can stop me. Why? Because I have to believe and walk in that revelation. Because if I'm not alive, I can lead my wife. If I'm not alive and if I don't trust the word of God, if I don't have faith in what he's saying, then I can't inspire my three children to follow Jesus Christ. I can jump up and down here, but I go home and I walk and live like I've got no faith. They will see me. And they a dad's just a talker. But he doesn't walk the talk. It doesn't inspire them. So I'm saying, we have to have a vision. Because Timothy, Paul was writing to Timothy because Paul had a vision for Timothy. And he's stirring Timothy. And we will get into that. But number three, as you declare the vision, defend the vision. Fight for it. Take authority in Jesus Christ. Last week, I said, when we just gave, we got back from Hawaii, and I talked about this guy that was manifesting, and he gave his heart to the Lord, and uh, when I asked him, are you, are you saved? Did you give your heart to God? Did you repent of your sins? He said, yes, and I said, no, you didn't. And I know he he was he wanted to talk a lot. He, he was a bit very strong and opinionated and strong-willed. And uh, I'm going, oh no! If I say anything, he's going to fight me back. I'm not in for that this morning. And so, but I, out of my heart, I blurted it out. I don't think you are saved. And I was ready for reaction, but he kind of went back and he said, "No, I'm not actually saved." And when he said that, I could see his demeanor change. It's as though he's come now under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. Under the authority of Jesus Christ. And he got, his heart was softened. he gave his heart to the Lord. What I'm trying to talk about is if you want a miracle in your life, come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. If you want power in your life, come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. If you want an effective life, marriage, business, whatever your aspirations are, don't do it in your own strength. Come under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So, fight, defend that vision God has given you. Amen. So that was last week and I'm going to now go, come into this because you've got to have the vision. Otherwise, where are you running? We don't want Forrest Gump. Who's seen that movie? He just got up and he started running aimlessly. We don't want to just run aimlessly. We want to run with a purpose. We want to run with, with a set goal and set target. No athlete prepares four years for that Olympics. Um, I think, oh, I'm just going to brush my teeth, get up the morning and when the Olympics start and then I'm going to run. No. Four years, you're training. Four years, you set your goal on that one gold medal. Just one. There might be 10 or 12, but four years, they they set their goal. They eat the food, right food. They behave a certain way. They sleep a certain time. They eat the right food. They they have very structured, they're very uh, disciplined, very regimented in how they eat, what they eat, how they sleep, exercise. They have to be very disciplined only to get a gold medal that they can't take to heaven. How much more you and I, spiritual beings, should be more focused? I'm not bagging Olympics. I'm not bagging. I love cricket. Australia just lost last night. Wait for the complaints, you will hear it. Uh, But uh, I can't help. uh, but but you see, it, I don't even know why I said that, now I'm going, what was I saying? Anyway, so have your vision, run with it, because if you can't run with the gospel, then you don't, you will lose that faith, you will lose that hope, you will lose that desire, you will lose that passion. So grab that picture. Now, if I want to see that man saved, if I want to see my son come out of drugs, if I want, not that my son literally is taking drugs. Now he's only 12. If he does take drugs, I will pray for him and then take him to India. (laughs) Because you can smack in India. I'll say, buddy, let's go on a mission trip. You and me, daddy and I. Uh, you and I, sorry. Let's go on a missions trip. But uh, you see what I'm saying is, if your son is taking drugs, or if your son is walking away from God, if your marriage is it's growing into a bigger chasm, your business is going down, have a vision. Amen. Capture the voice of God. Now then you define it, you declare it, and you defend it. That means you're running. So Paul was writing to Timothy, and he's saying, in the, in the circumstances, I'll give you a bit of a background here, because we are called to run with the gospel, and it's like Paul is charging us today, run! Don't just laser out. Um, we were at the airport yesterday, and we just sat, uh, sat there, we were pretty tired, and then this guy, I was walking this way, and this guy's walking towards me, but he was looking back at the... Arrival, departure screen. And he's walking. So he's literally walking this way. So I'm walking this way. So he's walking like this. And so I thought, it's funny. I literally was walking at him with my arms wide open. And he was this close to me and he got such a fright. I thought that was hilarious. But again, if you're looking back and walking forward, you will crash. Hello? Oh, you don't know my past. Jesus knows your past. You don't know what happened yesterday. Jesus knows what happened yesterday. I, I wish I was born in a good family, but God put you there for a reason. If only I had all the money, then I would know God is your provider. If only, stop looking at the past. Amen. What is your vision for the future? write it down. So Paul is writing to Timothy. In actually, in uh, letter 1, first Timothy, uh, Paul's circumstances changed between letter uh, 1 Timothy to Second Timothy. In the first letter, Paul was anticipating coming to see Timothy. However, in the second letter, Paul was in prison. Something happened between two letters. The circumstances of Paul's imprisonment and impending death, frame this letter that there's an urgency, and Paul is saying, Come on, Timothy, get on with it, buddy. And, and during this, um, uh, we figure out that uh, uh, Paul um, uh, took on Timothy as, um, as a spiritual son. And he is, they've grew this, this deep uh, bond together uh, because P- Timothy's father was a Greek Gentile. Uh, but Paul writes to, and I'll read that, Paul writes to Thim- Timothy saying, Hey, your grandmother had faith, your mom has faith, now I want you to stir your faith. And so that's really the context. And Paul is saying, while I write this, I want you to be charged up. I want you to take the responsibility wholeheartedly and God given task and basically run with the gospel. And what I like about this whole dynamic between Paul and uh, Timothy is there's an intergenerational uh, relationship, there's an influence. And I want to just plug in there before I read it. I want to say this to us. Please don't sit in your age brackets. I am 65, I can go play golf. Go play golf. But also hang out with young people. Impart the vision. Impart the fire of God. And young people don't, young adults don't get so busy in your own little world that you lose the next generation. Today churches are filled with, that's why churches are shutting down. Because those that got in church, now they're all gray and they're popping each at a time seeing Jesus and the buildings are empty. I mean we took a wedding in a church building which used to be a church once upon a time. And the other night we, people drank, danced. It's sad. Church should be full of living people. If you and I go turn the lights off, this is a ghost house. There's nothing here. But when you and I come, this place is alive. Why? You are the church. So Paul is, I love that. So I'm encouraging. Paul is encouraging. He said, I'm taking time while I'm prison and I'm miserable. Who poor me? No, he's saying, son, rise up. Son, God brought you here for a reason. Stir people up, please. Stop living in your selfish worlds. Look around. Look at who you can help. I was talking to Michelle's dad. And the first thing, I never met Michelle's dad. But I'm giving you impressions. Michelle's dad, probably probably in his 60s, um, uh, early 60s, doesn't matter. But I said, hello. He said, hello. Hi, I'm Adrian. He said, I said, I'm Peter. Nice to meet you. And then he goes, it was so wonderful to have your young people come over New Year's to my house. It was beautiful. But this one, particularly one young man stood out for me. And his name is Bodhi. He said, Bodhi told me, why don't we build a bridge? I'll help you. And Bodhi helped him. And apparently Joseph and the rest of the gang reluctantly helped. (laughs) Joseph confessed that. But you see, what I'm trying to say, here is a 60-year-old man impressed with a 19-year-old man. Stop. Stop. Worrying about your ages. When you stick to your age, it's insecurity that's holding you back. I can't run like the young people. Well, you had your time to run. Now, make them run. Amen. Amen. Instead of diving under your duvet and kind of, no, make them run. Teach them how to run. I'm telling you, I played golf with this guy and uh, as I said, I talked about golf. But I got to say, these guys were pro golfers. I mean, I played golf. I'm like, everything in me wanted to not to play golf. The insecurity, who wants to lose? I don't want to lose. They hit one ball and I take five hits to get there. But you see, it's, the important thing is running with those who've gone before you and learning from them and not to be ashamed. They were saying to me that my body weight on my left leg and right leg, it's how I transfer the weight where I can hit the ball and how far I hit it. It's fascinating. But what I'm trying to say, you can teach the young people a lot of things. Paul was teaching. Timothy, a lot of good things. I'm encouraging you, each one of you have something significant to offer to your neighbor. One, two, three, five people clapped. Do you believe that you have something significant to offer? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If you believe that there's something significant for you to offer, then start living a life that is significant for God. Don't be entangled by worldly distractions. So if, let's read 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 1 to 7. That's my passage for today. Next week Joseph is going to talk. He's going to preach. It's exciting. After that Dan's going to preach. That's exciting too. So I'm blessed. I can't remember who I was talking to. But I said, I am blessed to have preachers in my house. That I don't need to do it all. And I'm excited. The way Shannon did this morning. See what God is doing. See what God is doing. And when you see it, don't get jealous. Rejoice. Hmm, he gets picked on, not me. No, rejoice. Oh, I can't do what Shannon can do. I'm glad you can't do what Shannon can do. Because if Shannon can do what he can do, God created you to do something new and different. If we all do the same thing, its life is pretty boring. And instead of comparing and competing, let's complement to complete the mission. Run with the gospel. Aren't you inspired by the way he prayed? I'm kind of going, ooh, the future of this church looks good to me. I don't know about you, but the future of this church looks really good to me. I have no idea what you see, but to me the future of this church is looking great. Because I have faith in God. And I pray for these people and I stir these people and I say, fan the flame and the gift that God has given you. Amen. So we should touch the scripture. So verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Jesus Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, Grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Verse 3. I thank God. Imagine this, Paul writing to Tom, Paul writing to Bodie, Paul writing to Shannon. And he's saying, I thank God whom I serve with pure conscience as my father forefathers did as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers day and night. Do you pray for the church people? Do you pray for the children of this church? I'm talking to young adults and I'm asking you, do you pray for the children? Because the young adults have gone through certain things. But the children are now under attack because they're going to school wondering, am I a girl or a boy? Well, I'm saying stand in front of the mirror, look at yourself and determine how God made you and walk that way. Don't be confused. They're going through this at age 11, 12, 13, 14. That's really the key. 14 to 16 is the pivotal time for a teenager. Young adults, stop looking for who should I date, how much money should I make. Start praying for these people. Because these guys will become young adults and if you don't impart in them, they won't look up to you. Stop comparing and sitting there. All the people, in the, oh, these young people, you know. Back in my day, my children were sleeping on the chandeliers, you know. And I'm like, that's good. Well, teach them now. Whether they're sleeping on the chandeliers or under the chairs, because trust me, I slept like that in church. Parents went to church for prayer meeting. They said, here's your book. Do your homework. We sat at the back, did our homework. They picked us up, didn't know when I fell asleep. Next morning, I was at school. Children are very resilient. Stop cushioning them. Stop kind of, oh, poor you. No, they have far more resilience than we do. Young adults, pray for young people. Be an inspiration. Mid- Middle aged people, pray for the young adults. Be an inspiration. Invite them over to your house. Get to know them. Be interested in other people's lives. And you will find joy in your own life. I don't go to church because the lights are too bright. or it's too dark. or it's too windy. To Stop picking on self-preference. And come. Imagine if we all come to give. Not, I'm not talking about money, but come to give life. Add life to life. If Nelonika can go and hug, which she does, you know, little kids, she's always after little kids in the nice way. I said it that in the nice way, okay? She's always after little kids, giving them a hug and saying, and look at them. Why? She's speaking life in them. Now look at the young people, talking to them. And I'm telling you, young people said the adults don't talk to us. Young adults say, the older people don't talk to us. The older people said the young people don't talk to us. Somebody please talk. I'm not going to be the one kind of puppet, puppetry. Just go talk. Take interest in one another. Amen. I know this is not nice, but this is the truth. And he's saying, I pray for you day and night, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of, um, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and um, your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in uh, you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given uh, us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Amen. Amen. So the challenge is, feed the flame. Feed the flame. What are you feeding your spirit and your mind? What food are you giving your spirit and mind? You talk to Shannon. I mean, he runs this uh, fitness club. Fantastic. If you want to lose some weight, talk to Shannon. Seriously, it's good. But, But the food and all those things, there's such discipline. But I'm asking you, what are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your spirit? It's quiet. What are we feeding our spirit? Do you say that God, you created me? I have a purpose. I'm called to align myself in your word, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises, I shall condemn that in the name of Jesus. For I put on the armor of God. And I know that I am chosen, I am with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I'm not supposed to live mediocre, but God, you created me to be significant. So I pray, in the morning when I wake up, would you give me the grace to wake up? And when I wake up, would you anoint me afresh? Let me think on those things. Remind me who I should pray for. Remind me who I should inspire so that I can be a blessing because I'm called to be a blessing. If you do that, you are now stirring your own faith. Instead of kind of going, look at the stuff. I'm the stuff. I was looking at stuff and it was very grim with Gabrielle. Is it Gabrielle or Gabrielle? Gabrielle. Poor Gabrielle. If your name's Gabrielle, I feel sorry for you. But you see, the more we read it, trust me, even I was going, oh my gosh, how am I going to get home? How am I going to get home? And then I go, what a minute, what's wrong with me? So God, I pray for Auckland. Thank you for the meteorologists. Thank you for the knowledge. But I know you hold the wind. You hold the rain. You command the seas. You command the weather. So now I seek you. And I pray for Auckland, Lord. Protect us in Jesus' name. We have the power in Christ. I went to, yesterday we arrived, I went into the shopping mall and I thought that the world has come to an end. Not the mall, sorry, groceries. There was not a single loaf of bread, not a single loaf of milk. Everything was ransacked. Look, it's good to be logical, but logic is not biblical. Because, oh, you know, don't live out of fear, live out of fear. Buy your food, but don't buy where, poor me, I, I got no milk. So you bought 10 liters of milk, give me some. I literally need milk. So don't operate out of fear. What are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your spirit? Are you with me this morning? Because you cannot run the race that God has put before you if you don't feed yourself with the Word of God. Please, don't tell yourself what your experience was. Tell yourself the Word of God. And talk to yourself about the Word of God. I know one famous author, he said, Don't tell God how big your problems are. Tell the problems how big your God is. Amen. Oh God, Gabriel's coming, you know, it's like 122 kilometers wind lord, and don't just read stuff news to God. He already knows that. Amen. So, what are you feeding yourself? There are many lessons in this chapter, in these verses here. In verse 4, I don't know what happened to Timothy, but he was crying the last time he saw. Maybe he was struggling in his church. Maybe he was saying he was tearful because he said goodbye to uh, Paul. But I don't know what happened in verse 4, but he's saying, I know your tears and I'll come and say hello to you. But then he goes on to say in verse 6, he says in verse 6, he says, stir your faith. He said, therefore, remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Are you stirring your gifts? Are you stirring your gifts? Are you stirring the gift of salvation? And I say, God, I thank you that I'm saved. Now, who should I bless? Who can I bless? I know it's going to be inconvenient. Do you think it was convenient for Jesus to die on the cross for you? Oh, when I have time, then I will die for you, Tom. I don't have time for you. I'm very busy because I'm Jesus. Don't you know I'm Jesus? No. He died for us. He gave himself for us. I am sure you can give your time for other people. If I say, how many of you want to see Auckland being saved? Then you need to run. You need to be the light. I can't do it alone. Otherwise, I'd be a monkey dancing to music. No, you and I are anointed by God. If you want to see Auckland saved, you run with the gospel. So good to see Trey. So good. Three years praying for him. Finally gave his heart to the Lord. Three years. Three years. Three years praying. Three years fighting the devil in prayer. Three years bombarding the spirits and saying, get out of his life in Jesus' name. Three years and he finally gives his heart to the Lord. Now we got to pray more for him. Amen. Who's praying for Trey? Thank you. Thank Pray that he will grow and be as a planting of the Lord. Trees of righteousness. The guy is tall. He's already like a tree. <laughs> Last week when I laid my hand on him, I needed a stool. Because he's so tall. He makes Rupert look tiny. <laughs> I'm sure you're feeling good about that. <laughs> cool. As I come conclude this morning... I wanna say, I don't know what your situations are. I don't know what your circumstances are. I don't know what your problems are, but stir the gift of faith. How do I stir it up? You stir it up by the word of God. You stir your gift of faith by having the vision God has given you. I am called not to be defeated. I am called not to be the tail. I am the head. I am the, the head. Uh, what God has created me to be more than a conqueror. Stand upon the word of God. Stir the gift of salvation. Stir the gifts that God has placed in you and say, God, if you You are for me, who can be against me. Stir it up. Pray in the Spirit, the Bible says. Pray in the Spirit, don't complain. Pray in the Spirit, don't whinge about it, praise about it. Don't bicker about it with one another. Go and rejoice together. Let's do it. And as he said, I stir up your gift that has been by laying on of hands. And then he goes, I'll read that. Then he goes, for God has not given us spirit of fear. How do we run the gospel? What is opposite to fear is faith. What is opposite to fear is faith. God didn't give us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. I will read that again. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power. And the power comes by the Holy Ghost. The power comes by obedience. The power comes by kneeling before Jesus. The power comes by praying. The power comes by being willing to say, God, not my will, but let your will be done. The power comes by stirring the faith. As Jude 20, he says, speak in the spirit because you're building up the most holy faith. Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Have a devotion. Read the word. Because God didn't give you spirit of fear. So this morning you can take authority and say, Fear be gone. Faith be activated. Stir yourself. You have authority in Christ. You have power, love and sound mind. Activate, awaken those gifts God has given you. So how do we run the gospel? Through power, through love, and through with sound mind. Power to enable us to fulfill the task. Love, the attitude with which we serve. Sound mind, the discernment, of how best to do the will of God. Power, the enabling for the task. Love, the attitude with which we serve. Sound mind, the discernment of how best to do it. So keep the flame burning. Keep the flame burning, stir up that gift. That gift for you, God gave you, is not for you but for the family of God, but for this city, but for your neighbours, but for your suburb. Bless people with the gospel, run with the gospel, pray for people, see salvations, see healings, desire these gifts. How many of you want to desire these gifts? I genuinely want to ask that. How many of you really want to see healings? I'm stirring us. Do you want to see healings? Do you want to see salvations? Do you want to see lives restored? Do you want to see Jesus be the Lord of people's lives? Then you and I need to start running with the gospel, having the power of God, working in the love of God, and having the discernment how to speak, when to speak, and what to do. Amen. If you don't have a dream, say, God, give me a dream. If you lost your vision, say, God, give me a vision. If you lost your passion, say, God, give me passion. If you're a prayer warrior, you better pray hard. Stir yourself up, put on the armor of God and pray for your family and your church family. If your son is a drug addict, pray against those spirits, those tormenting spirits. If there are alcoholics, pray against that spirit. If there's depression, pray against that. If there's cancer, pray against that. God's created you to be significant. Significant. For that reason stir your gifts up stir your gifts up pray pray as we sing the song Christ is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand as we pray that prayer as we sing that song can I ask you fight unbelief with faith this morning. If you're struggling in your faith, fight unbelief with faith. Overcome adversity by pushing through. Be temptation with integrity. Resist resentment with forgiveness last week I talked about Joseph. Do you know if Joseph acted like a victim? he would have lost the purpose in his life. I'll say that again. if Joseph acted as a victim because his brothers abused him. the guy he worked for abused him. the guy's wife wanted him to sleep with her and he did the right thing for that he was punished, punished. For doing right, he got punished. Imagine if he saw himself as a victim, he would have never fulfilled the call of God on his life. You can fulfill the call of God on your life. You may think my life has been wasted. No, it's not. If Sarah can have a baby close to 100, God can perform a miracle in your life. God can perform a miracle in your life. The anointing is what makes the difference. The power of God is what makes the difference. And I'm stirring us. If you have the urge to give up, don't give up. If you have this urge to go, I want to quit, stop thinking that way. Get into the Word of God, get on your knees. As I was saying last week, we don't need more, we need to be stronger. If my marriage was not strong, my kids would be airwired. They'd be running like crazy. If we are not strong, we can't bring strong children. And I'm telling you, sometimes your blessings can be a distraction. Stop making your children your primary goal. No, God is your primary goal seek God stir your faith and if you feel like quitting stop thinking that way can we stand to our feet every man, every woman every leader had the urge I'm sure most of them had the urge to quit But God enabled these people in the word of God that they made it through. I'm sure Joseph wanted to quit. Joseph might have said, God, I'm enough running. I'm tired. If anyone of you amongst here who says, I'm tired of running. I am tired of praying. I am tired because I don't see salvations. I don't see breakthrough. I am tired. Galatians 6, 9 says, do not get tired and weary in doing good. Because in due season, we will reap a harvest. We will see breakthroughs. We will see healings. We will see salvations. We will see God winning people over. We will see Auckland bow its knee before Jesus. We will see our nation Bow its knee before Jesus. We will see nations bow their knee before Jesus. We will see governments worshipping Jesus. We will see demons being gone in the name of Jesus. We will see addictions being broken and people being set free in Jesus' name. So stop confessing bad things. Stop trying to give up. Rise up and fight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.